Predestination. It's one of those words that can be kind of distracting from the text because we focus so much on just that word instead of the whole text. In this week's episode, Tim is going to look at Ephesians 1 and Romans 8 to examine what Paul really meant when he used the term predestination. Good afternoon. Thanks for tuning into this episode, this podcast. And today's topic that we want to unpack uh, can be summarized in the word, what does predestination mean and what does it mean to God's kingdom? What does it mean to me and to you? First, let's admit that it's a big word. It's a compound word, predestined. So pre usually means something like beforehand, and destined means that there's some sort of a plan that I'm destined for, and predestination kind of means that. But perhaps the place we should begin are the places in the scriptures that we find this word uh, used. But before we do that, I should remind uh all the students out there who love the Bible and love to study the Bible, that often you'll use or hear this word uh, signifying God's fordaining all of the events of world history. So that when someone says that God is in control, have you heard that phrase before? God is in control. What they mean is that God has preordained all of the events of history. Like, for example, in the 20th century, God ordained or preordained World War I. He preordained the Depression. He preordained World War II. He preordained the Korean War. He preordained that, that you would be born uh, wherever it is that you were born and to whatever parents you were born to and that you would have certain numbers of siblings. And so while that is somewhat true, the Bible never uses the word predestination in those particular contexts, though I think... I, it would be good to say that probably that's a legitimate way to talk about one of the implications of predestination. But uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, we should often just read the word itself so that uh, we kind of get our context. And I'm reading in the letter to uh, the Roman church by the Apostle Paul in verses 28 and 29. Now, these are familiar words, but keep your ear open for the word predestined. Verse 28 says, we know that to those who love God, <clears throat> all things work together to good. They work out to good according to those who are called. Because the people that he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he that's the son, might be the firstborn of many brothers. Those he foreordained, those he predestined, these he also called, and the ones he called, these he also justified, and those people that he justified, these he also glorified. So you heard the word predestined in connection with the word sonship or adoption. God... Um, predestined certain people as brothers and sisters in Christ. He predestined them to adoption, that is to be adopted in the family of God. Um, so there it's used in Romans 8, uh, 28 and 29. Now, the other place that it's used, and 
a little bit more well-known is the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the earth, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, here's the word, in love, he, that's God the Father, predestined us to sonship through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, that we would be to the praise of his glorious grace, which he graced to us in the one he loved, that is, Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our transgressions, according to the riches of his grace. So we've heard it twice. Paul uses it twice. And it seems to me that what Paul is trying to tell us about predestination is that God, at some point before there was such a thing as time, and now get your head around that, before there was time, before there was what we would call the world, before the foundation of the world is how the, the phrase is used in Ephesians 1, God made a decision. And what decision was that? God chose individuals for salvation. And what does that mean? Well, before time was, and before even you existed, God made a decision. Now remember, God is eternal. He lives outside of time and space. There is no east or west, or north or south, or afterwards or before in God. God exists in eternity where there is no time. He made a choice. He made a decision. Now, we make decisions all the time. I'm going to go to Tampa today, or I'm going to attend a birthday party today, or tonight I want to watch the Frozen Four. I want to see which hockey team comes out and wins the NCAA ice hockey championship. And you may decide that you're going to do that, but then something comes in. Something interferes, your TV breaks, you can't get Wi-Fi, or someone calls you in and has an emergency and you got to go pick them up. So sometimes we plan things and we make choices, but we're unable to fulfill them. That's the big difference between you and me and God. (laughs) When God decides to do something, it's unstoppable. If God decides to save somebody in eternity, that person will be saved. He predestines them. To be saved. He predestines at some point in time that a man or a woman or a boy or a girl is going to listen to the gospel message or be reading their Bible or reading a track or watching a website or having a conversation with a friend, with a parent, with a child, at youth group, in church, somewhere, and God's going to move on that person's heart to quicken it, that is to give it life to work in the heart. Because remember, we're dead in trespasses and sins. We are like dead fish floating down a canal. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We're not sick. We're dead. So a dead person is unresponsive. So once a person is dead and they're lying in the morgue, even though you may love them, and that may be your sister, it may be your loved one, it may be your father or your mother, If you go in there and start talking to them, kissing them, beating on their head, wake up, they're unresponsive, they're dead. So something had to happen for us to respond to the call of God. 
Something had to happen to our dead heart. And what we understand to happen is that God regenerates us. He gives us life, and he enables us to respond in faith to the call of the gospel, to the call to follow Jesus Christ. And at that moment, we put our faith in Christ, and we turn from our old way of life. Why did that happen? That happened because God predestined it to happen. God chose us before the foundation of the earth. He predestined us to sonship, to adoption. That means that whoever it is that God predestines, nothing will be able to stand in the way. That person will be saved. That's the difference between you and me and God. We may decide to go to the hockey game, and we can't go. We lost our tickets. <laughs> but God never loses his tickets. God never has an obstacle or a roadblock in his way. If he chooses to save someone, he will save them. Now, sometimes, in response to what I've just suggested about what predestination means, is that uh, someone might say that God looked down the tunnel of time, and he saw that you your loved ones would be saved, and so then he chose them. But that really makes uh, a mockery of what predestination is. The word foreknew, those he foreknew, he also predestined. The word foreknow means to forelove. Uh, it means that God has set his love upon somebody even before they existed. God determined to love you, and so he predestined you to sonship. So what's the basis for our being saved. What's the basis for predestination? Well, it has nothing to do with us. It's simply God's sovereign choice to choose us. Why? Well, none of us really can answer the question about ourselves. What is it about us that made us so valuable to God? What is it about us that made us so attractive to God? Well, what's attractive about a corpse living in hostility to God? The corpses I've run into, I walk away from. They stink. They're ugly. They're putrefying. So the only explanation and basis for predestination is the sovereign choice of God in love. Remember Ephesians 1? In love, he predestined us to sonship. And so for the rest of our lives, if we understand that God's responsible for our salvation and God quickened our hearts so that we could believe and could repent, then what do we do for the rest of our days? What is it incumbent on us to do for the rest of our days if we look at God and realize that salvation is all about his love and all about his grace? We live a life of thanksgiving. We live a life of gratitude. We live a life of praise. So all our life is devoted to not only giving praise to God and giving thanksgiving to God, but it's introducing others to this same saving, choosing, predestining love. Picture this in your mind. You go to an orphanage. There's thousands of kids there. <clears throat> There's some really good-looking ones. There's some ones that were born with disabilities and handicaps. Some are too fat, some are too short, some are too tall, some have big ears, some have a big nose. Some of them are slow and rickety and they're uncoordinated. Some of them are nasty and cruel. And God comes to the orphanage and without anyone knowing it, 
God chooses a select portion of those people to be his own. What basis? Simply because God wanted them. God chose them. God predestined them to sonship. They, those people in that orphanage who would then become sons, adopted, would spend the rest of the days thanking God. Now this is fresh to me because just two nights ago I was in a foster home. I was in a home where the young boys, ages 8 up to about 16, don't have fathers or mothers. Little Sammy said to me, I've never seen my father or mother. That word never is particularly gripping. Never, ever seen his father or mother. And so um, when I asked questions at the end of my teaching time at the foster home, I said, what are your dreams? What would you like to occur in your life that you just know that you can't do it by yourself? And Sam answered the question, I just want to be in a family. I want to have a dad or mom. I want to have brothers and sisters. I don't want to live here. And I realized that's a great picture of God. He's not a particularly well-behaved boy. He doesn't have a whole lot of manners, but who's, who's to wonder why? He's never had a father and mother to love him and to care for him. It's a very chaotic home. <laughs> it's hard to teach there. But I tell you what, it's so easy to have compassion on those kids because they long to be loved and loved, lo long to be held and to feel like they're part of somebody. Nobody likes to be alone. And it's part of human nature to be connected to somebody, connected to family. And this is what God has done in predestination. So don't be scared of it. Don't fight against it. This is all about God wanting a family, and a big family, made up of people who are grateful that they're part of that family due to God's love. And you know what? If God's love is the one responsible for you being part of that family, then what force in the world can separate you from the love of God in Christ? Well, the answer is nothing. <laughs> and that's because if God decides to save you, you're going to get saved. <laughs> now, there's some other questions that pertain to this, but we can't really address it in this particular podcast. It would be, well, why didn't God choose everybody? Why didn't God choose every single creature? That's a valid question. And then what happens to those people who he did not choose? Did he, in fact, predestine them to eternal damnation? Those are valid questions that are too large for this particular single episode. We wanted to focus the zoom lens of our camera on one word, predestination, how it's used in Romans 8, 28, and 29, in Ephesians 1, 2, 3, and 4. And the, 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 base, the basic abbreviated version of predestination is that God made a decision. So if somebody says, what's predestination? Say, God decided to save somebody. And he did it before anybody even had a chance <laughs> to behave incorrectly in front of God. God set his love on us and put us in his family. So hopefully we've maybe cracked open a little bit of the shell here for that word that's hiding in the darkness, predestination, and maybe you'll understand it better and perhaps today you'll realize 
the reason you're saved is that God wanted you to be his daughter or his son. Thank you for listening.